What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Make some noise. Yo, yo, yo. this, who is this guy, is Wes McElroy on Fox Sports 910 and FoxSportsRichmond.com. Call the show at 345-0910 or email Wes at FoxSportsRichmond.com. Here he is. He is the man. Wes McElroy. Monday morning, and it's finally an NFL Monday. We did it, folks. Week one in the books. Didn't get the best primetime games, but it was good enough. It was football. It was back. I thought the very best games yesterday were in that 1 o'clock hour. Uh, sneaky good game between the Lions and the Cardinals. I'll take both of those teams as, as dark horse playoff candidates. Uh, Steelers survived the Browns. And the, the Redskins-Eagles, which, for all its flaws, was a, a watchable, entertaining football game. I don't need perfect technical football to, to enjoy myself, and sometimes I even enjoy that less. Some interceptions, some fumbles, a lot of offense, some wackiness. It, it, good times yesterday, Redskins-Eagles. And a great result for the Eagles, who get their season started with a win. Eagles and the Cowboys, your 1-0 teams in the NFC East. On overreaction Monday, the sky falls in New York and Washington. Uh, Giants offense got nothing going behind that offensive line last night. You talk about technical perfection being sometimes less fun to watch. That was the Cowboys last night. Cowboys executed their game plan to a T. Shut down the Giants' offense, controlled the game on controlled the game on their side of the ball on offense. Did everything they needed to do to win. Looked good, looked sharp, looked like a, a team that's headed back to the playoffs, but not nearly as exciting as some of those games earlier in the day. Good, good product early in the day, and you know I I, I enjoyed watching the Redskins and the Eagles as infuriating as it was at times. Lots to dissect there, lots to analyze. I think points are always more fun than than defense. And and we had enough of them to keep me happy there in that Redskins Eagles game. We will take your best and worst of the weekend, 345-0910. Uh, we will take you up to the nine o'clock hour, the Dan Patrick show. Michael Phillips here sitting in for Wes McElroy. Uh Wes checked in in the seven o'clock hour from the delivery room. Uh, we don't have a fresher update than that, but he he is in the delivery room. They are awaiting uh, the birth of their first child. Baby Mac on the way. I would assume good news to report uh, hopefully on tomorrow's program. Danny Noakes filling in uh, tomorrow, then I'll be with you for the rest of the week. Looking forward to that. Spending some time together talking sports the way it should be here on Fox Sports Richmond and the iHeartRadio app. But I don't think you can fully break down that Redskins-Eagles game uh, without talking about that instant replay at the end of the game, and uh, it was it was on Jay Gruden's mind afterward. Now he said the ball; they couldn't tell if the ball ever left his hand or not, so they couldn't. Uh, since they called a fumble on the field, they couldn't overturn it because they didn't have a good view. It sounded like it was rejected, uh, blocked, but uh, I don't know. I can only go by what they call. 
it's not the reason the Redskins lost. Let's just let's just throw that out there right away. The Redskins did not lose the game because of a bad instant replay moment at the end. But it was still an important moment uh, in the game and for the league because it was precisely why we have instant replay. We have instant replay to correct calls that are flagrantly wrong in key situations of the game. Those are the two tenets of instant replay that I, that I hear about so often from you guys when I say there shouldn't be instant replay and you guys call in and yell at me. The, the two tenets are it fixes egregious mistakes, which is good. Everybody's, everybody's behind that. And two, you know, it, it changes potentially big moments in the game. This met both standards. This was a big moment in the game, and it was an egregiously bad call. This is why you have replay, because these situations decide football games. You spend all week preparing. There's a lot on the line. 16 games, everyone matters, etc. I, I think a lot of people would say you shouldn't be reviewing every little completion in the first quarter, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, but this is it. The, this rose to, to every standard of the replay review criteria. This was a crucial moment in the game. Uh, the Eagles had just turned had just turned a five point lead into a twelve point lead with a fumble pickup and touchdown. Uh, the Redskins were driving potentially for the win with a few minutes left, uh, and Kirk Cousins threw the ball, had it batted down. It was ruled a fumble. It goes to replay. Uh, Mike Pereira, who is the rules expert for Fox. Jumped in right away, said, it looks looks like a fumble or looks like an incompletion to me. I, I think watching at home, we all saw in the replay, uh, looks like an incompletion to us. Uh, and then they came back equally quickly and said, uh, no, play, play stands as called on the field. And I was surprised. Did, did not see that one coming. And if we can't get that one right, I'm, I'm not sure why we have replay. Again, not why the Redskins lost. I, I think you have to to separate the two things. We can say that's not why the Redskins lost, but also this was a huge, huge miss by the replay system. And it's fair to question, and Paul Woody did in this morning's uh, Richmond Times-Dispatch, it's fair to question whether the system should even exist if it misses calls like that. I, mean, I came away unimpressed with the instant replay system yesterday, but I don't like it to start with. Uh, Jay Gruden uh, has a lot to work on. Uh, this week, because the Redskins need a win in, in Los Angeles against the Rams, uh, and now you got a you got a feisty Rams team just blew out the Colts. Uh, Sean McVay, your former offensive coordinator, presumably knows all the buttons to push with regard to Kirk Cousins, and there were some big offensive line issues when Mike Jones of the Washington Post on his weekly appearance, brought to you by Hurley's Tavern, uh, was in the seven o'clock hour. We'll post that on the website, and he was. He was with me. The offensive line had issues allowing that pass rush. Kirk Cousins stayed clean most of the year last year, uh, but he did not against a, a really good Eagles unit. Uh, but still, that that's a concern. If you're going to throw the ball 40 times a game, you got to keep your quarterback upright and make sure he has the time he needs. And for Kirk Cousins, who goes up and down, he's had good games, he's had bad games, but the thing that bothered me the most yesterday talking exclusively about Kirk Cousins here. He got really lazy with his throws in the second half. I'm not suggesting he checked out or he didn't care. Obviously, he's a huge competitor. You can see how fired up he was. But once he lost his technique, he never got it back. He wasn't planting and throwing accurately. He was missing receivers. The throws weren't very good. I don't know if he was frustrated by Terrell Pryor missing some, some good passes early 
frustrated by the pass rush maybe. But he wasn't doing the things we expect him to do or you expect an NFL quarterback to do. It, it was below replacement level. Made me wonder if Colt McCoy wins that game yesterday. I'm going to go all the way there. If Colt McCoy's the Redskins quarterback yesterday, do they win the game? Paul Vandenbosch, you watched. You've seen Colt McCoy before. If you get, because I, I think Colt McCoy just represents this like generic NFL backup quarterback in, in my mind in his performance. He's fine. He, he will never get stolen by another team to be their starter. Um, but he's also like, if you need a backup, he's he, a solid backup. He's the guy he's, you call. He's a decent backup option. Yeah, he he comes in and he manages the game. If he's starting yesterday, do the Redskins win? Oh, I don't. I don't think so. I think he Colt McCoy is a guy that I would I would bring in if I'm winning a game, and say you know God forbid my quarterback get injured, but you're winning the game. I tell Colt McCoy, okay, look, all you have to do. Move us up and down the field a few times, sustain a few drives, don't make mistakes, don't turn the ball over, and we'll be good. And we can get us to the end of the game. We can kind of like just just steer the ship to the end. I don't think he I don't think he gets the Redskins the win if he starts yesterday, though. I can't name three or four plays in that game where I say Kirk Cousins elevated his team on this play. He made a couple nice throws to Jordan Reed over the middle, threaded the needle. Uh, but Jordan Reed made some tough catches, too. Bailed Kirk Cousins out a few times. Just didn't see those plays where you say Kirk Cousins lifted his team. Yeah, I thought his down-the-field throws were a little off as well. It was saved for the one to, to Terrell Pryor that was right through his hands. I thought, by and large— I thought the first one that Pryor lost in the sun was probably catchable, too. It, yeah, if he if he gets—if he actually locates it, he might have a chance and go and get in that, but— Thought he overthrew guys a lot, especially on the deep ball. But yeah, there wasn't really a play yesterday where you thought, okay, wow, you know, Kirk Cousins just made a great play there. He made a lot of average plays and then some some pretty you know made some crucial mistakes there as well. Yeah, and this is where the contract matters too. If Kirk Cousins is still on that rookie deal, if he's still making a couple million dollars a year, if he's one of the lower paid quarterbacks in the league. I don't think we're talking about Kirk Cousins this morning. I think we're talking about the rest of the team that's built around him. But he's not. He's making $24 million this year. He's a franchise quarterback. Uh, he he wants to be in that elite tier. And so we judge him by that standard. And I don't know if he'll ever reach that standard or not, uh, but he fell well short of it yesterday. And if he's – and this is a guy that also wants that contract. You know, he's made it known, I want to I wanna sign a long-term deal – well, games like yesterday would have been a great time for you to prove that you're worth that long-term deal. And he and he did that in games last year. You know, there were there were games that he played last year where okay, you felt like, well, you know, maybe he is worth the long-term deal, but it's the consistency that you're still missing from him. We're at the point now where you see whatever you want to see in Kirk Cousins. You either see the games last year against the Packers and Cowboys where he was fantastic, one of the best in the league. Or you see the games against the Panthers and the Giants late last year, and this one where he's maybe average to below average. And if he's going to become a franchise quarterback, he needs to build that consistency into his game. I didn't see any of that yesterday. And every quarterback has a bad day. Aaron Rodgers had a lot of bad games last year. Tom Brady had a bad game last week. 
I'm I'm going to allow quarterbacks to have bad games occasionally, but we've been talking about this one for a long time. This was a crucial game because the Raiders are coming, the Chiefs are coming. You're in Philly. You're 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 playing Dallas. There's some tough tough sledding ahead. This was maybe your most winnable NFC East game, unless you can catch the Giants injured later in the year, or, or you know the Cowboys get Ezekiel Elliott suspended, uh, and you know things things break down there. This was probably your best shot in the NFC East. I I think it's it's okay to reset the calculus and say you, the Redskins are probably not going to be able to win the division just based on yesterday's result. You say you're going to need at least four divisional wins to take the division. It's really, really hard to see a path to four from here. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but it, it was concerning for sure. Mike Jones earlier, he was talking about how Terrell Pryor, it's, you know, had the had the drops in the preseason, dismissed it, said, hey, it's just preseason, but but it's the real deal now. It's it's an area of concern. Uh, we're back. Plenty more in the NFL yesterday, UVA and Virginia Tech, and uh, I would dive into NASCAR briefly before we talk to Mike Barber, the Richmond Times-Dispatch at 835. Michael Phillips sitting in for Wes McElroy on Fox Sports Richmond. Twenty outside the Fox Sports Richmond studios, taking you into work on this Monday morning. Dan Patrick takes over at nine o'clock. Paul Vandenbosch on the other side, producing its best and worst of the weekend. You can jump in with yours at three four five zero nine ten three four five zero nine ten. My best of the weekend. Really enjoyed the NASCAR race Saturday night. You know, Wes and I, we go to big sporting events. It's what we do. Uh, and, you know, Redskins-Eagles was loads of fun yesterday. A great, a great game, great atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, it delivered to me an, an exciting, watchable football game. Um, but NASCAR, which people have not been coming to in recent years. There's no secret there. Attendance is way down. Ratings are way down. Um, the product's really good right now, though. The racing itself is very good. Uh, the action on the track is good. Uh, I think the personalities are, are better than they've been in recent years. Uh, it was a beautiful night outside. Great night to be out in the parking lot tailgating. That's a fantastic tailgate scene. Uh, I enjoyed being out there at the track. and I, I don't know if the attendance is ever coming back. You talk about Dennis Bickmeyer and his crew down there at the track. They do so much to bring people in. The, the fan experience there is just 20 times better than it was a decade ago. They, they do so much for the fans out there. Uh, they put on a great product, and, and the racing's been very good. I think there are some people who are never coming back. I think there are people who went when NASCAR was hot, who they went because everybody else went. It was the place to be. Never never really enjoyed it, the sport itself. Just went because everybody else went. And and maybe they're never coming back. But if you're even a little bit interested in racing, and I'll say this, the, the traffic issues aren't there anymore now that they've they've reduced the stadium. It was an enjoyable experience. Liked being out there at the track Saturday night. Paul, I turn to you. Uh, best of the weekend? Best of the weekend is going to – I two best of the weekend. Double best. Yes. Uh, best of the weekend goes to my Philadelphia Eagles starting off the season 1-0. and oh, Carson Wentz looking sharp, and they get the win. First time in five games beating the Washington Redskins. And dump the Gatorade on the coach. And dump the Gatorade on the coach. That's right. we got to <laughs> – <laughs> Got to give the full experience. Uh, second best, Cleveland Indians, 18 wins in a row, extending their franchise record now, two wins away from tying the Oakland Athletics for the 
MLB's longest winning streak ever. Three weeks. Three weeks without a loss in Major League Baseball. Incredible. It's 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 unbelievable. Uh, worst of the weekend. Gonna go to. I'm gonna give it. I had to think about this one, but I'm gonna give it to Andy Dalton. Five turnovers, four interceptions, and a fumble at home, and the Bengals can't even muster up a touchdown at home in their home opener. Worst of the weekend. I'll I'll stick with the NFL as well. Uh, Bill O'Brien, Houston Texans coach, who makes the panic move, puts in Deshaun Watson in the second half of the season opener. Pulls his quarterback Tom Savage to put in Brock to Brock to put in Deshaun Watson second half against the Jaguars. This is what the preseason is for. This is what training camp is for. If you don't know who your quarterback is coming out of training camp, you did not do your job as an NFL coach. If you think you owe it to the guy to give him a game or whatever, you, you need to do that. But if you make a quarterback switch. In the second half of the season opening game, you did not handle the offseason correctly, and you didn't give the right guy the reps. You, 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 didn't, you didn't plan well enough to get your regular season going. Worst of the weekend in Eagles-Redskins was that instant replay. I, I just thought it was a really bad call. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not a good call. Uh, I really thought this was going to be overturned and probably should have been, and I, I really don't understand how you look at it that quickly you felt like, okay, they looked at it quick. They're coming back out. Going to reverse this easy call. It went the other way. So I, I don't know what exactly was happening, what they were being told from New York, but bad uh, bad look for the refs, especially when you're talking about including instant replay in more aspects of the game, but you can't get this right in a crucial point in the game. Not a good look. It bodes very poorly for instant replay going forward. Uh, and, you know, I, Kirk Cousins is another worst of the weekend for sure. And, I, I mean, I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll do fine. Uh, but but for Kirk Cousins, that's that's not the opener you wanted against the Eagles, certainly. Uh, one positive from the game, I, I thought Jay Gruden as a play caller did really well. That was, that was one of the offseason storylines we talked about. Um, how would Jay Gruden do as the play caller? Can he juggle that and the rest of his head coaching responsibilities? Uh, I thought all the plays he called had a good chance at success. I didn't see, even on the interceptions, the fumbles, I didn't see anything where I said he put his team in a bad situation. They they executed poorly. And that traces back to him. I, I think their late training camp was a big factor there. I think the fact that they went basically non-contact in training camp, did not go full speed in training camp, I think that stuff matters. But I, I don't hold the play calling itself against Jay Gruden. I thought it was just fine. I thought the defense was, I thought the defense did everything it needed to do. Red, there were there were positives out of the game for the Redskins. I thought the defense was one of them. Bad on third downs, but held held the Eagles. Good offense to twenty two points. Scored a touchdown. They do that every week. That that's all you can expect out of that unit. Other worst of the weekend. Paul West McElroy listening to this show from the delivery room with his <laughs> wife. <laughs> I, we we will allow it. I will accept that. <laughs> Put that in the books. Yeah. Uh, shout out to West though. Uh, do we have any update on that, or are we still... Baby Mac's still in process. Uh, pr- probably not going to happen during today's show. So we'll... Do we break into programming? How, how do we how do we handle that? Pro- well, we're good now since we've got Pre-empt you... Preempt the affiliates. Yeah, since we already have you here, and we've got Danny <laughs> Noakes tomorrow, uh, we should we should be good as far as, as programming is concerned. I was waiting... I was waiting... Waiting for it to happen, because we had the bat phone over here ready to go in case Katie were to go into labor while Wes was in here did not happen 
thankfully, because <laughs> that would have left me flying solo for who knows how long. But yeah, so now now that we've got you guys lined up for this week, though, I think we should be okay. Uh, Danny Nooks tomorrow. I'll be with you the rest of the week. Uh, some good news to report, uh, hopefully, from, from the McElroy camp. Uh, we'll look forward to sharing that uh, with you. Uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week. 827 right now, traffic and weather, uh, these commercial messages, and then we are back with more on Fox Sports Richmond. Eight thirty-four outside the Fox Sports Richmond studios. Thanks for making us a party your Monday, either on the radio or the iHeartRadio app, free to download. Guests on Fox Sports 910 appear on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline we'll talk to mike barber a little bit covers uva and virginia tech for the richmond times dispatch a big weekend of college football in the books i thought it was it was somewhat of an underwhelming saturday night a lot of hype uh, going in Uh, ohio state oklahoma was was really good uh i i didn't didn't quite catch the thrills from the other ones um notre dame georgia came down to the wire uh as well and then locally uh, a huge disappointment for UVA, which just couldn't hang with Indiana. And I don't think that's an overstatement either, that that the Cavs just couldn't quite compete at that level. And Indiana's better than, than the stereotype you have of Indiana football, uh, but that's a team you need to be able to hang with if you're a school like Virginia. Uh, that's a, a, one of the weaker teams in the Big Ten. You're one of the weaker teams in the ACC. It was a tough loss to take, uh, a tough loss for UVA, and kind of resets the expectations for the rest of the season to me. Yeah, I, I don't know how you bounce back from that and say this team should be favored to win two or three games in the ACC. I, you know, Mike Barber may correct me on that, but if, if you're breaking down UVA's schedule the rest of the way, uh, I don't know. We will bring him on now. Mike Barber joins us from the Richmond Times-Dispatch on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Mike, good morning. Morning, boss. How are you? Hey, hey. Good to be chatting with you. And uh, you were there at UVA on Saturday. Uh, what what does this do from here? It's you, Connecticut's probably still a winnable game this weekend, but not not a lot of uh, reason for optimism coming out of that Indiana loss. Yeah, you know it's funny. Obviously, you're light years up ahead of where you were a year ago, and that's nice to keep saying. Um, but in many ways, when you look at the schedule, you're kind of in the same spot. You remember they, they got that early win against uh, Central Michigan in their non-conference, and then that was basically it. They got the road win at Duke, and, and the ACC was, was tough sledding. And uh, there's no reason to think the ACC won't be tough sledding. Um, and you're also in the same spot where early on, yes, you have one more win, but early on a year ago, people had major, major questions about the offense. And I'll be honest, at this point, there's major, major questions about this offense. So uh, before you can even start looking for a place on the schedule for wins, you've got to find a, a place in games where you're going to get the ball in the end zone. Take me into one of the, the bigger moments of that Indiana game, which was the targeting call uh, on Kirk Benkert, um, where Indiana had really locked the game away on that play, uh, and then UVA gets the ball in scoring range, chance to, to, to redeem itself. What would you make of that call? Yeah, well, the, there's two things. First off, the big deal was the breakdown on the UVA end. Uh, a missed block on the right side that allows that big of a hit. Uh, Kurt Benkert holding the ball too long. And, and when we say holding the ball too long, 
holding the ball too long relative to the team he plays for. Um, <laughs> sure. Other teams might have no problem with the quarterback giving it those two quick pats and seeing if something develops, but with the blocking that UVA has, uh, Kurt can't afford to do that, and that's just sort of the reality of his situation. Um, that being said, you know, it's an interesting call. By the letter of the rule, it's absolutely right. Um, the defensive player's helmet hit the offensive player's helmet, and, and that's a targeting call. You've got to hit lower. Um, and then you talk to all these players who say, I don't, I don't want to get hit lower. I don't want guys coming in low, and, and there's rules that protect the quarterback there. Um, I just don't love the rule. I, I know when I played high school, they had that really basic rule for really poor athletes like myself that said, see what you hit. Um, to me, if the face mask is up and if your eyes are up, um, there's going to be contact sometime, you know, up there. And uh, it's not great, but it's a contact sport. And, you know, anytime you see spearing or the head down or any of those kind of things, I, I think absolutely you want an ejection. It's a dangerous play, but um, there's only so much contact that you can kind of legislate out of the game, in my opinion. And, you know, I, this may come off as barbaric. I, part of why I enjoy football is watching people tackle each other. I think that's one of the more enjoyable elements of the game. I I didn't feel like there was any element of like, wow, that's really dangerous. Somebody's going to get hurt. I didn't come away thinking like, man, you know, that was recklessly irresponsible. Right. It, it didn't. It didn't seem like, oh, here comes uh, something that you know that the coach is going to sit the kid down later and say, you know, never do that. And the thing that people forget all the time with what we used to call spearing, and in many ways, it's what targeting is now. That the crown of your helmet launching. There's as much physical risk for the guy doing the hitting as there is for the guy being hit. Now, as far as somebody's face mask or shoulder catches you under the chin or catches you in your face mask, yeah, that's that's dangerous and it, and it hurts. But, um, you know, it's really hard to legislate that completely out of the game. And, and like you said, you know, you want to see guys make big hits. You want to see guys uh, get on the quarterback, get on the running back. And, um, you know, Kurt held the ball a little long and, and, and his line missed a block and, um, it does sound horrible, but the reality in football is when, when there's breakdowns like that, you do, you pay for it. He's Mike Barber, joins us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Mike, the ACC reporter for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And I turn our attention to Blacksburg, the Virginia Tech Hokies, who, uh, you know, maybe the offense didn't give you everything you wanted in a 27-0 victory, but uh, certainly more than enough to take care of business against Delaware. And uh, no reason to think it'll be any different in East Carolina this weekend, is there? Boy, that, that team turned into a train wreck fast. And, and you point to them firing their conductor, I guess. <laughs> uh, you, they make the move away from Ruffin McNeil. And uh, after, you know, three straight years of bowls, and then he has that five and seven season where he loses a, a bunch of quarterbacks, including Kurt Banker, to injury in the preseason. Uh, and look where they are now. I mean, they've, they've just looked horrible two weeks in a row. Um, yeah, no reason to think that this will be any different. I think. People were a little bit down on, on Virginia Tech's performance. Short week, uh, you're coming off a big game. You're playing an opponent that probably doesn't juice you up that much, uh, and you still get the shutout and, and uh, score more than enough points to win. So, you know, I, nobody's throwing any parades after the Delaware win, but there's no reason to think that um, there's anything wrong in Blacksburg right now. Not at all. And so, so set the stage for the upcoming couple of months for the Hokies. You got Clemson, Miami, Georgia Tech, some some big games uh, here. What what are your expectations? With what should be an expectation for Virginia Tech in, in, in this stretch? Yeah, I, I do think that even though I just said nothing's wrong, but 
the offense is still developing. They're still finding depth at wide receiver. They're still developing some depth uh, there at the defensive tackle spots. So they have some work to do before, and that Clemson game is the one certainly everybody circles. Um, so as bad as ECU is, I think you'd like to see not just a, a convincing victory, but I think you'd like to see some of those elements emerge. I think you want to see more guys play on the defensive line. I think you want to see more wide receivers catch the football. I think you want to see them be able to run between the tackles. Um, you know, I think those are important kind of next steps for this team that, that go beyond the winning and the losing. Um, so that's, to me, if they're going to be competitive with Clemson and Miami, and, and then in those games, I think that's where it starts with. Uh, developing those things here in this non-conference, the last two non-conference games. He's Mike Barber, uh, Richmond Times-Dispatch, best dog on staff. Seven doing well? He is doing great. He's actually staring at us through the window as I'm uh, putting the (laughs) three-year-old in the car to go to school. (laughs) But thanks for making some time for us, and uh, we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks for having me. All right, Mike Barber joins us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. One more segment before we hand this thing off to Dan Patrick. Uh, Final Wes McElroy baby update. Final thoughts from Redskins Eagles. Uh, We'll put a bow on this thing right after this. Down the stretch we come, 8.50 on this Monday morning. Never enough show on Monday morning. After a big weekend of football, Our first full weekend, college football in the books. It was good to hear from Mike Barber on the Hadid Carpet Cleaning Hotline. And UVA struggling, needs the win against Connecticut this weekend, I think, to salvage something headed into ACC play. I think we're all assuming they won't win at Boise State, their final non-conference game. Uh, Virginia Tech still flying high. Uh, You know, you can nitpick it all you want, but uh, they're going to beat East Carolina this weekend. Uh, you would think go to 3-0, and set up a fun little run through the ACC. Some good matchups. Clemson, Miami, Georgia Tech. A lot of games to circle on that calendar. Don't book up your set. Saturday's too fast if you're a Virginia Tech fan. And the NFL, boy, the Redskins. That slow start thing, it's real now. The Redskins and the Browns, the only two NFL teams that have lost their last five season openers. They weren't ready, and and this is this is one of the storylines of the NFL right now. Your preseason is not treated seriously. Training camps are getting lighter and lighter. The Redskins were not the only NFL team that wasn't ready to go in Week One, and I was on this show a couple of weeks ago, filling in for Wes right after Kirk Cousins said it might be October until we find out what this team's capable of. No, uh-uh, no, it does not work that way. You got the longest offseason of any professional sport. You got training camp. You got four preseason games. There's no excuse. If you don't choose to use those things, that's on you. That's on Jay Gruden. That's on Kirk Cousins. It clearly wasn't enough. They were not ready to play at the caliber the Eagles were playing at. The offense didn't show up in sync, ready to go. It what? It wasn't enough. Whatever they did here in Richmond. Doing a no-contact training camp was not enough. What they did in the preseason games where we could all see that they were struggling, but Jay Gruden took them out anyway after their their play count was up, wasn't enough. And now you're you're down a game in the division and what's going to be a really tough NFC East if last night was any indication if the Cowboys are playing at that level. Cowboys are good for, good for 10, 11 wins again. 
Yeah, and the Eagles, I think, I mean, I, I had them as a 500 team. I, I don't want to overreact off of one game because this is overreaction Monday, but uh, Eagles could be above 500. I, I could nudge that up a little after yesterday's showing. Carson Wentz looked good. It's it's a tough situation. Jay Gruden's got to get Kirk Cousins straight pronto because they're going to L.A. They're taking on the Rams next week, and that's a big, big decisive moment here for this team, potentially falling into the 0-2 hole. It's It's just a replay of every other season at that point. This is what they do. They stumble out of the gate. They look good down the stretch. They give you a little optimism and then either make the playoffs or fall just short. This year's team, more was expected. This is the same group coming back. This is the same coaching staff and most of the same players. This was supposed to be the year they moved past all that. And I I think they're better than a lot of NFL teams. I still think they're a 500 team this season. But I don't know if that's good enough to, to keep the gang together. I don't know if that'll be good enough to give Kirk Cousins the deal this offseason or, or if, if you just let him walk instead. It's a tough situation to be in. If you're Kirk Cousins, you're getting judged on this harsher scale, but at the same time, he brings that on himself with, with the decision he made to take the franchise tag. And now, over the last four to five games he's played, he's not looked good. He's looking like a quarterback who is good sometimes, bad sometimes, has the swings, as opposed to a consistent winner in the NFL. Got to strike when the iron's hot. It's not right now. And tough game for the Redskins. Tough game for the for the refs. I don't want to dwell on that replay too, too much, but something's got to get fixed there. If, if instant replay can't get the job done in a crucial late-game situation, I don't know what we're doing here. And the Eagles got to do better than dumping Gatorade on the coach after going to 1-0 in a game you were favored to win. Just saying. Uh, credit to the Cowboys. They looked like a juggernaut last night. Cole Beasley, man, what a catch by Cole Beasley. They got talent wide receiver. Bryce Butler as well. Uh, that was, uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, a little strut in your step this morning, walking around the office, especially with the way the Redskins started too. Fun start to the NFL season. Final update, no baby. No baby. Going into the Dan Patrick Show here. Uh, we'll report back on that tomorrow morning. Uh, the West McElroy baby situation. Michael Phillips here. Great filling in for him. Dan Patrick up next on Fox Sports Richmond.